So, as the graphic so wonderfully portrays, we're going to talk about it's not too late. It's not too late to do something great for the kingdom of God. No matter what the devil is telling you, it's not too late. No matter how old you are, it's not too late to do something great for the kingdom of God. Now, in chapter 3 of his letter to the Philippians, Paul expresses very eloquently and very powerfully the desire to really know Jesus Christ. To experience the fullness of the resurrection power that was made available to all believers when God raised Jesus from the dead. He talks about his desire to walk in that resurrection power to such a level of perfection that it would utterly transform him into the image Of the resurrected Christ. Amen. Doesn't that sound great? That's available to every believer. Because you have the same power. On the inside of you. That raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. The first part of 10. And then verse 12 through 14. This is in the Amplified. For my determined purpose. Is that I may know him. That I may progressively become more deeply and intimately acquainted with him, perceiving and recognizing and understanding the wonders of his person more strongly and more clearly, and that I may in that same way come to know the power outflowing from his resurrection. Amen? Not that I have now attained this ideal or have already been made perfect, but I press on to lay hold of to grasp and make my own that for which Christ Jesus, the Messiah, has laid hold of me and made me his own. Amen. So in speaking of this ideal level of perfection or completeness, Paul goes on to say that although he's not yet attained it, he considers it a goal to be constantly strived for, worthy of our life's effort. Amen. Verse 13. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Glory to God. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, you might be saying, how are these two verses related? Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And evidently from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 here, one of the things that seems to weigh us down the most is memories of our past. Amen? Memories of our past. Nobody seems to be immune to that. Everybody has things in their past they wish they hadn't done or a direction they wish they hadn't gone. Amen? Now, since February of 2014, when Trish and I were still living in Louisiana, God began to speak to me through dreams and visions at an accelerated rate. Now, for 30-plus years, dreams and visions have just been a a part of my life. But in the last two years, God has taken them up a notch. And that's because of the calling that he gave us when he told us to leave Louisiana and a comfortable six-figure salary as a university professor and Bible school director 
to come and start a church here in Wilmington. Amen. Actually, I came to pastor another church, but things didn't work out there. So God said, I want you to start a new work so that you can pursue this the way that I told you to. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He specifically started dealing with us about what he called us to do right here in Wilmington, North Carolina. And during this time of transition, there's been one thing that the Lord has consistently made clear to me. I cannot move forward into the things he's called me to do in the future if I'm not willing to let go of some of the things I keep clinging to in my past. Now, I say some of the things for this reason. Not all of your past needs to be forgotten. All of your victories need to be remembered. But all of your failures you can learn from, but you need to put them in the past. Amen. Now, as believers, we know in our spirits that the mistakes of our past, our sins, our wrong choices have been forgiven, forgotten, and washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Isn't that right? But if we're not careful, we can allow the mistakes of our past, the missed opportunities, the wrong choices and decisions that we've made to torture and vex our souls in a way that is extremely agonizing. I'm telling you right now by the Holy Spirit, stop that right now. Stop torturing yourself. Stop letting the enemy tell you your mistakes of the past will prevent your future because it is a lie of the devil. Every one of those people you read in the hall of fame of faith in Hebrews 11, they were not perfect people, but they did great things. Hallelujah. Because they didn't give up. And when they made a mistake, they put it in the past and they went on. Amen. So the times in our past that seem to bother us the most are the ones that we consider to be destiny-altering moments. Isn't that right? We find ourselves saying things like, if I had just done this or that, or not made that wrong choice, or finished what I started, I'd be so much further along in my walk with the Lord right now. Isn't that right? Haven't you ever said that to yourself? You know, I missed it bigger than Dallas in the mid-90s, and it set me back quite a few years. But you know what you do when you miss it bigger than Dallas? You know you've missed it big when you miss it bigger than Dallas. Amen? There's only one thing to do when you've made a wrong turn so bad you're totally out of the will of God. There's only one thing to do. you got to go back to the last place God told you to be and do the last thing God told you to do. That's what you got to do. Amen? Now, I know as an aviator, when I was navigating, that if I only got a couple of degrees off, I could make a real quick course correction and get back on course. But there were times when I was flying low level in the A-10 Thunderbolt when I got lost. And I had no idea where I was or where I needed to go next. So the way that I always fixed that, I always went back to the last place where I knew where I was and started over. You got to go back to the last place where you knew God told you to be and do the last thing God told you to do or you'll never get your next instructions. Amen. It's based on your obedience. So if you like me have found yourself lately falling into that trap, I want to encourage you. I want to share something with you. If you like me have found yourself slipping into that trap. It's a profound revelation that has transformed my whole way of thinking when it comes to my calling, my future, and the dreams that God has firmly planted in my heart. One particular evening during the spring of 2014, I wrestled throughout the night with memories of my past. As I drifted in and out of sleep, I kept seeing images of my past flash before me over and over again. 
I soon found myself rehearsing all the wrong turns and bad decisions that I'd made throughout the years that from my perspective were destiny-altering moments. As each of these items flashed before me, I would agonize over what might have been had I made the right decision or not made that wrong turn in my life. So these images haunted me and tortured me all through the night until finally, right before dawn, the Lord spoke to me as clearly as He's ever spoken to me in my life. And He said this, Everything you have lost in your past, whether due to mistakes that you made, injustices that were done to you by others, or circumstances beyond your control, can and will be restored in your future if you'll run the race that I called you to run and not look back. Now, I've had the Lord speak to me in an audible voice one time back in 1991. This wasn't an audible voice, but how many know there is an audible voice that's the inner audible voice? You hear it on the inside so loud, there is no doubt God is speaking to you. And this is what he said to me. And it was a revelation. You mean all of those wrong turns will not prevent my future? And the Lord said, that's what I'm saying. But you got to stop looking back. You can't move forward until you stop looking back. If you're looking back while you're advancing forward, you're going to run into things. Amen? It's not going to be good. You're going to hurt yourself. How can that be, you might say? I've got dreams that I believe God spoke into my heart, but there doesn't seem to be enough time for them to be fulfilled. After all, I just turned 30. Or 40. 50. 60. Or whatever. Listen. Listen. There are people that I mentored in the Bible school that were 25 that thought they had missed it because God spoke to them about doing something when they were 18 years old and they hadn't done it yet, so their whole life was ruined. I was like, bless your heart. (laughs) Bless your heart, you know. So it is a common syndrome. It is a common thought pattern, and we as people of God need to break through that. Listen, none of us are perfect. Every one of us is going to make mistakes. Look at Abraham. The father of our faith, my God, he made some doozies. He tried to do it his own way. 25 years until he finally got it right. Amen. 25 years. Glory to God. But he fulfilled his destiny on planet earth. And because of him, the word of God came forth. And Jesus, our Messiah, came out of his loins. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you that no matter what your age God has not forgotten about your dream. Your dream was not an afterthought with God. It was a forethought. It's something he thought about ahead of time. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 in the New King James Version says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. You hear me say this all the time in this church. Listen. God had a calling and a plan for your life before the universe was created. He saw you. He called you by name. and He said, I got a calling for you. And then when that little embryo was birthed there or conceived in your mother's womb, he took that call and that plan and he placed it right there in your little spirit. And it lay dormant until you got a little bit older. And then you became aware at some level of that of that calling. Amen. And then when you met Jesus, that calling intensified. Then when you got filled with the Holy Ghost, it went into overdrive. Amen. 
but it was in there all along. You know, one of my favorite scriptures, I'm going down a little rabbit path here, but you know, sometimes when you go down a rabbit path, you catch some juicy rabbits. So we're going to catch a juicy rabbit this morning. Proverbs 20 verse 5 says, Counsel, some translations say plans and purposes in the heart of man are like deep water, but a man of wisdom will draw them out. A man of wisdom will draw them out. When Jesus changed the water to wine there in John chapter 2, he told them to fill those water pots to the brim with water. Then he changed the water to wine, and this is what he said to the servants. Draw out now. That changing the water to the wine is a type of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. When you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you can begin to draw out what God placed inside of you before time began. Isn't that cool? Hallelujah. Pray out your destiny by praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. So there's a scripture from the Psalms that captures this truth of lost dreams in a heartwarming and personal way. Psalm 56 verse 8. This is the New Living Translation. This is David. You keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. You have recorded each one in your book. Now, this particular psalm was written by David after he had been captured by the Philistines at Gath. Now, you remember Gath was the hometown of Goliath. So finally, they captured the man who slaughtered their champion and was responsible for a crushing and humiliating defeat by the Philistine army. So they finally got David and it looked like his life might be snuffed out and the promise of God would never be fulfilled you see because at this time he had already been anointed by Samuel and told he was going to be the next king of Israel but in the natural it didn't look that way and David was shedding tears over what he perceived to be dreams that were slipping through his fingers but we know the end of that story David was delivered and he did become the king of Israel. It took a stepwise process. You know, he was king of the southern kingdom of Israel for seven years, and then 33 years he was king of united Israel. Amen? Hallelujah. So the promise of God was fulfilled, but there were times that it seemed like the promise was slipping away, and he shed tears in the night, and he said, you put my tears in a bottle. You know, some of the tears that we shed at night are because we think about the dreams that have slipped through our fingers. And we think somehow they will never be recovered. Isn't that right? Hasn't everybody here felt like that at one time or another? Well, listen, if God has those tears in a bottle, then he's got those dreams in his hand. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes it just takes a process of time for things to come to pass in your life. I used to say this to the Bible school students, you know, most of them were probably mid 20s to maybe there were some that were mid 30s, but it was mostly a younger crowd. And I used to say to them, listen, you can't microwave a worldwide ministry, (laughs) you know, graduate from Bible school and then a year later have a worldwide ministry. Generally speaking, unless there's a special anointing on your life, it just doesn't happen that way. It takes a process of time. Listen, living out a dream that God planted in your heart is usually a lifetime proposition. The shortest one that I can find in the Bible was was Joseph, and it was 22 years before his was fulfilled. That's the shortest time I can find of somebody that really did something great for God, for the kingdom of God. So don't be discouraged if it's been decades since the Lord spoke that word to you, but it has not yet come fully to pass. 
God is the author of time. He is the inventor of time. Hebrews 1.3 says there in the Amplified Version that Jesus Christ, the agent of creation, at that time He was the pre-incarnate Word, was responsible for birthing space and time. Glory to God. You know, Proverbs 13.12 says it like this, Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it is a tree of life. Glory to God. So that captures that sentiment there. Most people stop and they read the first half. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. Oh, I just feel so bad. Don't stop there. Read on. But when the desire comes, it'll be like a tree of life. Amen. Hallelujah. So if God was the author of time, think about this. How can time stop God from fulfilling what he himself has authored in your life? You think God doesn't know about time? You don't think he knows the decades that have passed since he spoke that word to you? I got things that God spoke to me 30 years ago that are still germinating, still waiting to come to pass. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When it comes to your dream, look at the big picture. There's a larger picture that I want you to see this morning, a much more panoramic way of looking at these kinds of things. Listen, when our girls were young, I raised three daughters. They're all grown. Two of them are married. Hallelujah. One of them's married to Thomas, my son-in-law back in the back there. And they're here in Wilmington with us. And it's such a blessing. The mother and father of our two grandchildren, Ryder and Stella, you might have seen them walking around. Amen. Glory to God. But when our girls were younger, we would often rent videos. Back in the day, you know, when you rented videos, you went to the video store and it was an event. You went to the store and you found videos and you watched them. And inevitably, we would put the video in, and I saw more than my share of chick flicks, let me tell you. Mama and three teenage girls, you got your load of chick flicks. And inevitably, you know, you come to the, the point in the movie where it would say, do you want to watch this in a widescreen or formatted to fit your TV? And most of the time, I would lose this argument. We will, it's goofy looking all along like that. I'm like... And they would want to watch it in the formatted version. Listen, I encourage you to look at your life, your ministry, your calling from the widescreen version, you know. And my argument to them was always this. Listen, the widescreen, panoramic, whatever technology was involved was intended by the director. And that's what he wanted you to see. The big picture. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes I think in our life and calling, we're looking at the TV formatted version. And we're leaving a lot out. And God's saying, listen, broaden your perspective. Look at your life from a much bigger perspective. Amen. Uh, so let me begin with a scripture passage along those lines that the Lord has absolutely lit up in my spirit over the last few years. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now I have it here in the King James Version and the Amplified mixed together, okay? So you'll pardon me, but it just works really well. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, the Amplified says super abundantly, far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams, according to the power that worketh in us. Amen. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end amen now we've been conditioned to think that time will one day be no more but maybe a better way to look at it is to say that 
time will one day cease to have meaning. Because even in the book of Revelation, you will read that when Jesus was about to open the seventh seal, when he opened the seventh seal, the Bible says there was silence in heaven for a period of a half an hour. So listen, I hate to burst your bubble, but there is time in heaven. It just may be different from time on earth. Amen. Glory to God. And as near as I can tell from my Bible, once time was created, time will continue without ever ending. Time is the construct of cause and effect. So you have a created place, then it has to have a time that it was created, so it had to exist and it has to exist now in the realm of space and time. Isn't that right? So if the earth and the physical universe that we know about is a created place, then as long as it continues to exist, time will exist. And here's another thing most people don't think about. Heaven is a created place. And as a created place, it had some time that it was created, so it will continue to have time as long as it exists. Amen? Something to think about. Amen? Don't lose sleep over it. Just talk to me later. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) So, We've been conditioned to think that time will one day be no more. We've also been conditioned to think that if we don't accomplish everything God has placed in our hearts in this life, that there will be no opportunity to accomplish it in the future. If our dreams are not fully realized in this life, then they won't be in the next life. You know, I think we've also been conditioned to think that in the next life, somehow we'll be different. We'll be boring, shiftless aimless, floating in heaven, just worshiping God and doing nothing. Listen, that is not what God has in store for us. Don't get me wrong. You'll be plenty of time worshiping the Lord. But there's other times that you'll have assignments, you'll have dreams that weren't fulfilled in your first life, and they will be in the next. Amen. Glory to God. If you got a gift, the Bible says that gift was meant to last forever. Romans eleven twenty nine in the Amplified. For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. And he does not change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. If you've got a gift and a calling, it will be used throughout time forever and ever and ever in some way, in some place. Amen. Glory to God. It is irrevocable. There are people in heaven right now. They're using their gift. They're using their gift. So I challenge you to think about your life, your gift, your calling, your dream from a much broader perspective when it comes to time. The widescreen version that I alluded to earlier, the one that the director, God himself, intended you to see. Amen. So let's take a closer look at Ephesians 3.21. And this is a literal rendering. Unto him be glory, the one who's able to do all these fantastic things that were talked about in verse 20 beyond our wildest imaginations, according to the resurrection power of God that lives within us, unto him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, time without end. Amen. That means no one gets left out. Every believer from every generation can hold on to this amazing promise of God. It means there will be no lack of days, no lack of weeks, No lack of months, years, decades, century, millennia. Absolutely no lack of time for God to bring to pass everything in your life that he said he would do in and through you. Glory. 
And some of those things might just happen in another time, in another place, in the next life perhaps, and in ways that are currently beyond our ability to conceive. I've given you a lot to think about, so I'll just leave it there till we pick it up next week. We'll go into this in a little bit more detail. In the meantime, let me wrap it up with the following charge. Make up your mind that you're going to forget the past and all the mistakes that you made. As Paul says, make it your one aspiration. Listen, I'm going to forget the bad things. I'm going to remember the victories, and I'm moving forward in God. Amen. Realize that the mistakes and failures of your past cannot and will not determine your future. If you will run the race that God has called you to run and refuse to look back. It's not too late. And as we'll discuss next week, it's really never too late. Amen? Amen. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit. And He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection. And He's coming back again. We believe.